Welcome! It is Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's your boys, Mike and Mish, with the Mike and Mish Show. What's up, Mike? Yo, what is going on, Kyle? We are here at the last episode of the season. That's right. right. That's right. And we got a big guest. We got our 200th guest coming on tonight. He is the president of the BKFC. What better guy to have on here as the 200th guest of this show's uh, existence? Before we bring him on, which will be one minute, uh, let's go ahead and uh, run our sponsor ads. Norcom Mortgage and Michael Mish are delivering the American dream to those who serve America, helping veterans obtain the dream of home ownership. They offer programs that include no money down, no first-time homebuyer requirement, 100% cash-out refinances, rehab loans. They can help you purchase a home, purchase a condo, Refinance an existing mortgage. Create a dream home with Rehab Loan. To learn more, visit www.michaelmish.norcommortgage.com or call 860-884-2103. Who was that guy? Best voice voice of an angel. Best voiceover guy in the business, everybody. (laughs) Woo! Make sure you hit up Norcom Mortgage if you need some help. And if you ever need somebody to make a commercial for you with that beautiful Rhode Island accent, that guy right over there, Mike Mish. And, and Mike Honnold, talk Mike about Honnold. Mike Mish. That's right. And our other our other sponsor is Guerrilla Warfare Apparel. Make sure you get over to their website. Use promo code Mike and Mish. Get 15% off. Buy a bunch of their shit. These guys are sponsoring all kinds of BKFC fighters. We're talking Rothwell. Lorenzo Hunt, Misfit, Taylor Starling, Go-Go, Brian Duran, you name it. They're snatching up everybody. Brutal Boswick, James Lilly, Connor Turney. They're all rocking this stuff. But I think that's enough said, Mike. Look at that. Look at that. That's a beautiful Go-Go Sobleski shirt. Beautiful. Guys, it is the final show of 2022. We have maybe our biggest guest ever, number 200 on our guest list. He is the man that brought legalized bare knuckle back to the United States five years ago, and he is joining us tonight, Mr. David Feldman. What's up? What's going on, guys? Hey, hey. You hey, know, I almost logged in for that mortgage from that commercial, man. <laughs> good, good. It's a voice, right? This beautiful voice just pulls everyone in. Oh, uh, man. How you guys doing? We're doing great. You know, that commercial, every time Mike says... To find more. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh like, out loud every single time. I, I got a lot of inspiration from like 80s game show hosts. So, you know, <laughs> I hope it best. came out. Aren't they the best? They are the best. Uh, I that's, love that's the yuck it up voice, as they call it in the uh, radio industry. The yuck it up voice. Mr. Feldman, thank you for coming on the show. We have not asked you to come on this show yet. In two years of this show, we've been covering you guys since Knucklemania 1. Uh, we fell in love with it. We've been going, covering the sport live. Uh, everyone's always like, how come you don't have David Feldman on the show? We don't have, how come you don't have him? I'm like, well, we talk to him every event. We just haven't gotten around to it. And then it got to the point where we were like, now we can't have him on until it's like a milestone moment. Yeah, right. <laughs> so welcome. Finally, Mike and Miss Show, episode 171, 200 guests. How are you, sir? Well, man, thanks for having me. First of all, congratulations on you guys' success. Um, it's great to be your 200th guest here. It's awesome. You guys are killing it. P- 
people love you love what you guys are doing you know i love I, lo I really like what you guys are doing so congratulations to you guys first and foremost thank you yeah we appreciate that big time um like i said we've talked to you at all these events we it's usually a post event uh interview we talked to you a little bit at the weigh-ins usually but we never really got to like talk to you get to know you and dig into your uh your life and your background a little bit and uh we would like to do that a little bit before we start talking about you know the rise of the bkfc and the future of 2023 um we wanted to just be like uh you know get a little background on you how did you you know did you grow up in combat sports what's the background of david feldman that got you to where you are right now yeah man um absolutely i i was born in the in, in the combat sports my uh i was actually born and my father uh, had a fighter fighting the next night at the philadelphia spectrum if you're not familiar with the philadelphia spectrum that's where they did the first couple rocky movies at uh, he had a fighter named augie pantelis a little greek guy um trained him for four weeks, made his pro debut, and then fought, you know, a couple years later for a world championship. Um, real, real tough dude. Um, so I was, yeah, definitely born into this. Um, I was, uh, like I said, uh, and, and then I was like six years old and my mother got in a really bad car accident and she was uh, actually, uh, my, my mom and dad split up and my mother got into a bad problem with this guy. He threw her out of a car, ran her over, and um paralyzed her for the rest of her life uh, quadriplegic and i'm bringing that up because it's actually um one day away from what would have been my mother's 80th birthday tomorrow wow so it's you know it's kind of a kind of emotional to me man you know she was my inspiration here's a lady who um was in a wheelchair by the time she was in in her early 30s um, couldn't move her arms or legs, uh, went to college, graduated, got her master's degree, um, painted pictures with her mouth. I have a couple at my office. I don't have them here, but wow. painted pictures with her mouth, got some poems, published in some magazines. Um, just did everything that, you know, like her son does, everything that everybody said you can't do. And That's she incredible. did it. And, you know, when I get these moments and I'm like, man, you know, this shit is hard, man. I just, I, I look at one of her paintings and I'm like, this is it, man. You know, if, if she can do that in that position, who can tell me I can't do this, you know? And that's what keeps me going. But that was a uh, part of um, my, my growing up. And then after my mom got hurt, my dad moved a bunch of fighters into my house. So at, at most times I had between six and eight uh, boxers living at my house. It became like a training camp for some of the guys that my dad was training um, throughout the history of my dad training guys and them living in my house. Two of them were on death row. I mean, we had like some bad, bad dudes, you know, that kind of we grew up with. And um, me and my brother both got into professional boxing. My brother got into uh, boxing earlier as an amateur, 13 years old. I think he won the national uh, junior Olympics. And then uh, he stayed with it the whole time and turned pro, I think at uh, 18 years old. I just kind of dabbled in it for a little bit and I didn't turn pro till I was 23 actually when, when my, my brother got hurt in um, training for one of his fights and I told my dad, I said, you know, I'll step in and I'll fight. So I ended up fighting in no way. a minute 31 second knockout, my first pro fight. And then went on to have, uh, you know, uh, 15 total pro fights. And, um, you know, it was in our blood. I got into uh, promoting boxing and mixed martial arts. Um, at the same time before that, I was 
I, I graduated from Temple University. I was uh, training right up the street from there, so it was very convenient. We were trained in North Philly, and Temple was in North Philly, so it was a good place for us to train. I got into the bar business a little bit, and um, you know, just had butted heads a lot with my dad. Great guy um, to everybody in the world. Not the best guy in the world to me myself, but really good to everybody. Everybody really liked him and admired him, and you know, he kind of was uh, kind of the end. Uh, the, the reason why I stopped ended up boxing because I just couldn't get along with him anymore. So just kind of pulled out of that. Um, kept on promoting and, um, you know, met this guy named Bobby Gunn, who was a, uh, a gypsy traveler. Um, fought for me one time and got to know him and got to actually become pretty good friends with him and, you know, wanted to know a lot about his history as being a traveler and told me about these bare knuckle fights that they would do in the fields over there. And this family would have a problem with that family and the both families would bet money on it and they would go in the fields and they would fight bare knuckle. And obviously the winner would keep the money and that would end the family dispute. And I started looking into it. And I'm like, damn, this is different, man. Like this is different because yeah. I heard this, what I always say on the interviews, I heard that, like I heard the sound and I was like, Ooh, you know, this can be something. Yeah. Back in um, August of uh, 2011, I, uh, I did my first bare knuckle fight ever, former Dow Casino, one bare knuckle fight with an amateur mixed martial arts undercard. And we did 700,000 uh, viewers on that, on that event. So, uh, you know, I did that event and I'm like, now this is going to be easy, man. This is going to be nothing. I'm going to get it sanctioned everywhere. Everybody's going to love it. And then, you know, this state said no, that state said no, that state said no. By the time you, you know, I'm at it, I had 28 states turn me down. And um, some of them, you know, two or three times. And we're on our almost 70th pitch when uh, Brian Pedersen of the great state of Wyoming said, yeah, man, we want this. Let's do it. And June 2nd, 2018, man, history, history in the making. And uh, here we are, just completed our 50th event, December 3rd, 2022. Uh, like I said, um, 10 years to get to our first event and incredible you know, fit, fit, fit the events four years later, man. It's wild. It's amazing, man. And the, the crazy thing about it is, man, it's, it's like, dude, we're talked about everywhere in the world, not just, you know, BKFC. Some people know what BKFC is. A lot of people do. A lot of people do, but some people just heard that bare knuckle, you know, they heard bare knuckle. Now <clears throat> everywhere I go, they hear it around the world. I talk to them. I get emails all day long from Korea, from Japan, from India, from any, you know, other place in the Middle East, all over Europe, all over Eastern Europe, Russia. I mean, there, everyone wants to fight here. It's crazy, man. But that's kind of like a quick glimpse of my, uh, of, of my life growing up. You know, I, I'm not going to get into it now, but I had a really fucked up uh, growing up, like, experienced a lot of shit that most people never experienced or never would even want to come close to experiencing in their life. And as I grew up, I experienced more of the bullshit and was able to, you know, I think like I'm a, uh, I'm a survivor in a way where I should have been in jail. I should have been a drug addict. I should have been something, but I shouldn't be where I'm at today, but I am. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm blessed more than, more than I could ever be. Just actually bought this beautiful, uh, house I just bought um about three weeks ago I moved in here man it oh, was nice. a dream come true for me 
and my wife who's going to come in here i'm going to have her say hello in a second but awesome yeah man congratulations um, thanks man it's been a it's been a journey man and you know throughout this journey the really like the thing that probably gives me the most sense of accomplishment is being able to help and change other people's lives along the way you know it's cool that i'm doing it for myself and my son and my team but when i get these fighters call me and tell me they change you know i changed their life like johnny bedford saved all his money that he made here and was able to you know start a business and buy a house and change his life and Louis palomino was able to buy his first house now that he's the champ you know for us that's the kind of stuff that's really cool about about what we're doing man but i mean there's so many like Dave Jr., as you guys know very well, yeah, we, yep. he says all the time, he goes, man, when you're dead, I'm going to, I'm telling your story. So I tell it now you're going to jail. So <laughs> can, I ask, can I ask you a question? Um, you, you mentioned that your, your mother's accident and she has passed away and is your father still around? No, nah, he passed away. Too. So he, he passed, passed away as well. Passed away 2017. 2007, so he didn't get to see the start of this thing. And were you were you talking with your father at the time when like when he passed? Were you guys yeah, I mean, I good talk, at that point? I talked to him always. It's just uh, okay. You know, he had he just butt heads. He had a, um, something out, and you know, I know why, and I don't want to really get into that now. But he had something why, you know, why we didn't get along a lot, or why he didn't help me as much as he helped my brother and things like that, which which you know made me never say no now like I, I mean never never give up the no i can't listen to no like no to me is like yeah man let's do this like i love it you know obviously some of the things i don't want to hear no from but when i hear a no it's just you know it's it's an, it's another um you know another step up the hill that i'm going to make to uh to make this thing happen but yeah man my dad did not get a chance to see this um we talked a little bit about it prior because i was working on it for seven years and he was just an old school boxing guy. Like that's what he was. Yeah. And you know, he didn't, it wasn't his cup. He wasn't food. interested. But had he been around now and saw the way these fights are developing, I mean, you know, he, there's not much bad he would be able to say about it. I feel like one of the things about the sport is that people who watch glove boxing, there's something where they have like a pride inside of them where they're like, no, 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 no. I can't do that. That's crazy. That's just wild. There's no way that's going to work. I see it all the time. And if you get into it and say, Hey, have you watched it though? But have you paid attention? Do you see what's going on? People will, will watch it and be like, Oh wait, hold on. This actually is crazy. This is good. Uh, it, I, I hear that all the time. I, I don't know. People don't like change. You know, that's, that's you know, what it is. It's, it's just, it's, giving it a chance right like all yeah. i tell everybody is just watch it just once don't right. you know most of the naysayers are burn up or most of the guys that talk bad about it never ever ever watch this sport ever you know what i mean so mm -hmm. um it's it, that's got to be like the challenge like i can't imagine what it's like for you when you go to a new state and you try to pitch the product and you try to get it legalized in a new state and you get these people that don't even want to watch it and they don't even want to give it the time of day to watch it you can't shove a tv in their face and be like fucking watch this god damn it you know what i mean like what are you what are you running into so uh like the most as far as pushback goes to the people the naysayers that you talk about that that are just too stubborn to even break down the wall it's the same thing, man. It's it's the people like that didn't watch it. They're the guys. Like I have doctors at these athletic commissions that go, it's way too dangerous. 
I say, okay, here's the study. Here's a study that shows it's not as dangerous as boxing or mixed martial arts. All the data that we have, everything we have, here you go, black and white, it's not as dangerous. It's too dangerous. They're going to get, you know, they're going to get this. They're going to get head trauma. But I have the data now. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like they're just have a predetermined notion sometimes and they don't want to, you know, open up. But it's kind of what I said at the beginning, like, a lot of the bigger media wasn't covering us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, soon they're not going to have a chance. And now they have to cut, they have to cover us because we're relevant. Right. Right. The same as like some of these bigger States that we're pitching right now, they're not going to be able to say no much longer. You know, like Nevada, for instance, great state, great commissioner there, Jeff Mullen, awesome dude, but they just legalized slap fighting. They just legalized ungloved combat in the state of Nevada. It's going to be really, really hard for them to say they can't do bare knuckle. They just legalized ungloved combat. Yeah, it's a little bit different, but they legalized defenseless ungloved right. combat. Right. You so, know, I, I think that you guys were a big time victim of some bullshit media. When when the one tragic incident that has happened so far in your five years existence happened with Justin Thornton, you know, God bless him and his family. Um. I'm sure that that gets brought up and guy and like, it was a fall. It could happen in any combat sport. And like anybody that would say, Oh, you know, a man passed because of this sport. They don't know what happened one. And they don't want to bring up the point that like five to seven gloved boxers die a freaking year. Sure. You know what I mean? It's just like the thing that we go at um, guys is, I never go, this is safe, right? Because listen, right. anytime you get two guys or girls in the middle of a cage, in the middle of a ring, or anywhere in the world, punching each other in the head and their object is to hurt the person, it's not right. It's not safe. Nothing, no combat sport is actually safe, yeah, right? It's inherently No dangerous. more dangerous than boxing or mixed martial arts when we have the data that backs it up. We're no more dangerous. So I don't mind talking about that incident. Look, things are going to happen. You're going to trip along the way. You're going to stumble. You're going to hit roadblocks. Accidents are going to happen. Things that shouldn't happen are going to happen. We're in a combat sport. We're in a sport where the object is to hurt the other person. And things will unfortunately happen. Fortunately, not fortunately, but on that note, you know, we did everything we could do to hold Justin Thornton's family's hands through that process to take care of them, to take care of the expenses, to do everything we're supposed to do to start the Justin Thornton Memorial Scholarship Fund, which we just donated 20000 into that right now. So we're doing everything that we can do to do what we're supposed to do if if an unfortunate accident like that happens. Because, look, we are in – it's possible. It's not probable. Yeah. It's not something that should happen. It's something that can happen in combat sports. It just – it can happen. Now, as you guys brought up, very good point. This was not a bare-knuckle punch you know, injury. This was right. a trip. It was a fall. It was, he fell the wrong way. And unfortunately with some other things that were going on with him, he ended up, you know, passing away from complications of those other things. But, you know, I can't say it didn't stem from, he wouldn't have fell if he didn't get hit with a bare knuckle, right? That so is true. He a bare knuckle and he fell and things happened. But at the end of the day is, um, you know, I don't run from that. I don't hide from that. This could happen. But we'll right. do everything that we can do to prevent it to happen. And if it does happen, we'll do everything we're supposed to do 
you know, a, a, along the way. A neck injury like that could happen on any given Sunday or any given Saturday in a college football or a NFL football game. And anybody that would argue against that are, are foolish fucking idiots that don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> this happens. As a matter of fact, when that happened with Thornton, I want to say it was like three months earlier, Dominic Reyes got knocked out in the UFC and fell the exact same way and landed on his head the same way. And, you know, fortunately for him, he didn't sustain an injury like that. But it could have fucking happened in the UFC. You know what I mean? I mean, it can happen anywhere. Look, look, man, here's what they do. They look for your fucking, they pray for your fucking downfall, man. Right. They're, They're doing it. Look, anytime someone is going against the grain and, and, and succeeding going against the grain, they all come out. They come out all the time. I see it all the time, but it's okay. You know, it's, I know what we're doing. I, 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 I sit back sometimes in the crowd and I watch and I see how happy these fans are and the fighters love it. Look again, you're going to get one or two fighters that say BKFC sucks or the worst or pieces of shit, blah, blah, blah. But, but if you go, pound for pound or like fighter for fighter for every fighter in our organization versus any other organization in the world, I think you're going to have a lot more positive response with BKFC than you are with anybody else in the world. Cause we trade them right. And we're doing things to change the game. We truly are. But you know, at the same time, I got a bunch of assholes that <laughs> really want to say, and look, everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but how many people really in their life have the balls to chase a dream, to chase a dream to get knocked down, to get death threats, to get almost arrested, to almost lose your livelihood, to do everything that everybody said you couldn't do. How many people really had the balls to stand up and do what everybody said you can't do? Not many. And I'm doing it. I'm not saying it's there yet, but I'm doing it every day. Every day. I hear it every, every fucking day. And you said it yourself earlier, like, you just passed 50 events. I, I believe Thailand was 51, right? It was 50 in, in Hollywood and then 51 in Thailand. Year one to now, 50 events. You've built this incredible roster. Uh, me and Mike were talking about the roster of fighters that you have managed to put together in five years. Not only the homegrown stars that I want to talk about in a minute, but like you managed to pull in just the right legends in combat sports like leonard garcia and joey beltran and and uh, chris lieben guys like that uh, chris lytle that were willing to dip their toe into this sport and show the mma world that this is something that can be done and this is something that could be great you know after those guys the younger crop of uh of mma fighters the page van zance and the mike perry's and these guys start showing up now, after these guys show up, the older but but not done with fighting guys like Kamozi and John Dotson, I commend you on your the building of this roster so far, and I cannot wait to see who's next. You know Absolutely, what I mean, man? And you know, we're all keeping our fingers crossed that who's next is this guy, and we're trying to get so hard. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, it comes through, man. It, it you know. It's a great offer on the table, and some of our guys might go, why would they pay someone that kind of money? But they don't understand that the PR and the marketing that comes with that, right? Like, I would have to spend millions and millions and millions of dollars to get the kind of PR and the kind of marketing and the kind of clout that I'm going to get to sign a guy like that. And, you know, hopefully he comes on board because all it's going to do is it's going to change it for everybody. It's going to help change it for all the current fighters, you know. 
these guys like Lorenzo Hunt fighting Mike Richmond. It's the main event in Knucklemania where, you know, I never would have thought about putting two homegrown guys on yet. But, you know, I saw December 3rd, the success we had with an all 100% homegrown BKFC, you know, uh, card really there, all all homegrown fighters. And, you know, it was it was it was amazing, man. It was our fourth consecutive sellout at the Hard Rock Casino. That's a, that's a great place. The first time Kyle and I went to, to the hard rock and we walked in the way that it's set up is not like an arena where you're all the way around the ring 360. So like when we first walked in, we were like, I don't think I like this that much. You know, I don't like the setup. It's weird. I've never really watched. I think one time I went to world series of fighting in Foxwoods and it was kind of like that. And I didn't really like it that much. So I was like, I don't know about this setup, but we'll see, you know, ended up being fantastic. And that place really packs in. Yuli Diaz is on the card. Forget it. You know, like there's a lot of people from Slaughterhouse that fight on that card and they bring Brian Duran and Blake Davis. Like they bring a a big crowd with them. So that place fills in really, really I, nice. I love that place. Um, yeah, man, we have the, um, our last event was the, the Mike Perry event. That was the, uh, and when Chad Mendes fought, that was the highest grossing combat sporting event ever at the Hard Rock Casino. Yeah. That's PFL. That's, um, Bellator, that's PBC, that's top ranked boxing, that's everything. You wow. name it, they've been there. And we, you know, did a bit of higher gross. And then, you know, it was really surreal for me to, at, at that event, actually. I was looking at the uh, at, at the box office and I was looking up at the acts that were coming there. And I saw Elton John was up there and our ticket prices were higher than his. And I was like, how is this even happening? And we sold out. And we sold out. I was like, wow, this is crazy, man. This is crazy. You Get know, them out there playing the walkouts. Yeah. Um, uh, Mike mentioned Slaughterhouse and how those Slaughterhouse guys, they they are just like gods in that Miami area, and they really pack the house. Like the, 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 the decibel level when Blake Davis was in the ring and when H.D. Davis and Yuli Diaz and all these guys, uh, it's, it's incredible what those guys can pull for you down there. And speaking of Slaughterhouse in the comments section there, um, I'm guessing that's Perez, that's Ryan. Probably I've dealt with a lot of promotions. Dave is absolutely the best at giving a fuck about his fighters. So, kudos to you on that one. He, I know that. Nice, Ryan. Perez has yeah, done man, a lot. Look, man, at the end of the day, is I think <clears throat> some of these promoters forget. Now, look, at the end, of it, it's the balance. But some of these fighters forget that the number one commodity that their promotion has is their fighters, right? They're because they're going to go out there. They're going to risk their life, li- literally. You saw what happened. Right. One guy passed away. They're going to risk their life to entertain the fans and to do good for the promotion. And if you can't take care of them, then what are you really? Like I'd say this all the time. And I mean this wholeheartedly. Like if we, our valuation is going through the fucking roof, like we're, it's crazy. We started this thing. We, we got an office in Broomall, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Our, our office is about three blocks away from a warehouse where I did my first, um, bare knuckle event. 11 years ago, illegal bare knuckle event underground in a warehouse, unbelievable stuff to doing our first event to June 2nd, 2018 to now being valued at North of $200 million. You know, it's the company as a whole, not saying we can go sell that tomorrow and we're not making money. Look, the company is, you know, it's, it's treading water to, to do what it needs to do to do these big things. But at the end of the day, man, like, I want to take care of these fighters. And when I say that, sometimes then they come back and go, well, give me this, give me that. Like I can't give them everything. 
but I'm very fair with everything. If I can ever help them out, I mean, I probably got 30 fighters I could get on this program right now and say, you know, Dave saved my Christmas or he paid my rent for me or he paid my car payment or he helped me with child support. You know, I, I get that there's real life situations and if I can't be there for the fighters, then why should they be there for me? Yeah, it's amazing. We actually saw a post by uh, Chevy Bridges the other day that was a, he shouted you out for helping him out for Christmas. So that's, that's very cool that you do that. Um, if I threw a few names at you that had been mentioned in the last year or so, could you give us an update? Cause I've had some people ask me about certain people like Felice, uh, Felice Herrig for, for one, you guys had announced that you, um, signed the little bulldog, whatever. I think it's a little bulldog, right? Felice Herrig from the UFC. Yep. Uh, but we never really heard anything else after that about her. Are we going to see her in 2023? Yeah. yeah, she'll fight in March. So what happened is she was going to fight on the Denver card, and then she didn't want to fight in that altitude. And then she was finishing up some some type of schooling because we were going to put her on the December 3rd card, and they, but she had to finish that up. And then I said, okay, great. You're coming to Knucklemania. And she was like, ah, I don't really like that altitude again. And I'm like, <laughs> we have to figure something out. So, yes, it wasn't like we were avoiding things. Just circumstances happen there but absolutely she'll be i believe it's it's the march show that she's going to be on is which is march in virginia uh, virginia march 24th Norfolk, virginia Ooh. we also have one that we're going to do on saint patty's day uh looks like it's going to be i can't announce it officially but it looks like it'll be in delray beach florida at an outdoor uh tennis arena there nice it'll be a pretty cool card and she'll be on there so one or one of them all right how about um Greg Hardy. Uh, Greg Hardy. Uh, it's funny. We met the day of that fight. And we talked about a few things. Um, he's probably going to make his debut on that March 17th card. Damn, too. I got another one in March. Um, year and a half ago, you guys announced signing a young Russian bare knuckles fighter, uh, Ekaterina Makarova. Did that name ever get brought up again? I, yeah. I looked her up. I watched a few of her videos. She's 25 yeah. years old now. She asked if she could get released because we couldn't get a visa for her. So okay. she wasn't able to obtain a visa, so we had to release her. And the last one would be uh, Todd Duffy. He was supposed to fight in December, originally announced, but that never happened either. Is is he still on the radar, or is that past we, as well? We were going we were gonna to put him in with uh, Greg Hardy on the December 3rd card, but Greg Hardy at a boxing match that he wanted to do. And we let him do that. Um, Todd. Yeah, definitely. He'll be, he'll, he'll be at some point in the early, uh, probably in the first quarter of, of 2023 without a doubt. Yeah, and, awesome. and, you know, there's some other names, you know, that, that were very much interested in picking up right now that we're going to pick up. And there's some guys, you know, that we signed or we were about to sign and, you know, it just didn't go, it just didn't go our way. Um, I think we're in a great position now to sign a lot of different guys. Um, the company <laughs> that acquired a big portion of us is Triller, as you guys know. And yeah. we did that because they were going to be a public, uh, publicly listed company. And a few things, they, they did things a little differently. And I just got word today that it looks like the third week of January that we'll be ringing the bell, New York Stock Exchange. And wow. Wow. I'll be nice. one of the guys ringing it. And um, it looks like things are going to really change positively. That's going to open up a shitload of funding for us to be able to get the guys that we really want to get. And um, I think, I, I I really think we're right there, man. 
we, that's incredible. We need we're working on a TV deal. We get this TV deal, it's game over because all we need is people to watch us more. That's it. It's not like we have to convince people that it's fun or it's exciting or it's safe anymore. I mean, we still have to do that on the higher level, but we we proved all concept here. We proved everything there is to prove. We just need more eyeballs because when people watch this shit live, it's game over. It's game over for them. Is, is the TV deal um, one of like the big name channels? Yeah. Like ABC, NBC, Fox, uh, Disney, the, like ESPN? One of the top five or six uh, networks out there, absolutely. Or, you know, it, it wouldn't make sense to do it if, it if it was anything smaller because we're, you know, we are, we have, I don't know, we got 275,000 new downloads this year on the app. So um, it wouldn't make sense for us to do anything unless it was one of the big ones where we were going to get, you know, have an opportunity to get 750,000 to a million live viewers per event. It wouldn't make sense for us. And with the TV deal, which is obviously huge, the the app will still exist, and the uh, the the event with the TV so deal. Here's what I would like to do: is I would like to do, if it works out the way I want to do it, I want to do. Um, we're we're aiming towards you know closer to forty plus live events this year, domestically and internationally. I'd love to do a series of twelve events on the TV network, and then everything else uh, remains oh, yeah. on the app. So we grow the app. We grow the fan base. We grow everything kind of simultaneously. I don't think it's going to happen until the uh, second or third quarter of this year, though. But it's um, it's something that we're seeing a lot of interest in right now. We're seeing a lot more interest in, in these mainstream sponsors as well. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're doing a big deal with DraftKings right now, and, and that's going to be game-changing for us. And just a lot of other big things. So we just did the tryouts in, um, in Vegas at the Mr. Olympia. Yep, and yep. it was just, it was surreal of how many companies came up to us and said, yo, can we sponsor you? Can we sponsor you? Can we sponsor you? Big ones. I mean, the biggest companies out there, you know, like, like, um, Celsius, if you know, Celsius. Yeah. It's an yep. energy drink. Yeah, yep. Energy drink. They were real big. Um, Amp was out there as well. There was, um, Redcon, a bunch of different, um, you supplement know, companies. supplement companies. Um, hemp is a, uh, it's a big, cbd company one of the biggest and actually i'm going to give them a plug just because they gave me some cream and it was the best it was h-e-m-p-e it was unbelievable and i'm not they're not a sponsor or anything but if you want something that works that shit works <laughs> there <laughs> really? you go. i'm always afraid to use it so you know kyle and i are both still active military cream, and we cream, work cream i cream I didn't take it. It was just yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand. But you know, I always get nervous because they, you know, I think like, oh, I need sure. this. I need this stuff. Everyone says yeah. it works, <laughs> and I'm just so nervous that you know we're both we're both in, and we get randomly drug tested, you know, every month. And I'm like, if I do that, it happens to you know, I go, no, no, it was cream. You know, I used the cream, and they're like, nah, <laughs> man, you failed. You're done. Yeah, like, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> watch yourself. When are, you guys, um, when are you guys stepping out from the military? Well, with me, I just I just finished my time as the uh, acting first sergeant for our company. So I'm moving on to a new job. I'm 22 years in the military, and my my date to get out is two years from now. But since I've passed 20 years, if I decide that I got something better to do, I will drop my retirement letter and uh, – I'll fucking do something else because I think 20 years and three deployments is plenty. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. 
<laughs> See, I'm, I'm, I've been in 14 years. I just became a platoon sergeant. I just got my sergeant first class. So I'm trying to take the position he just left within the next like two to three years, which I think oh, is awesome. pretty, pretty uh, capable. Of Mike think, so. Dave, Mike thinks that he wants that job and then he will get the job and then he'll have 247 <laughs> soldiers assigned to him. And then he's everybody's dad, which right. is probably like you with your, your fighter roster. So funny, man. My, I, I, I came up with a saying about three years ago. It's when um, I actually about four years ago, I did the first event and then that world bare knuckle fighting federation, I think is the name they did it. And I said, you know, after he failed because he said it, I, you know, I was piece of shit and all this stuff and he failed. And I said, everybody wants to do what you do until it's time to do what you do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Everybody wants to do your job until it's time to do your job. But I think Mike can do your job. No, no. Mike would do a great. He's a fantastic. He's one of the best platoon sergeants that I had in the entire company. I'm not yeah, just I mean to say this and I mean it from our thank you guys for your service because we wouldn't be the great country we are today without guys like you. And I mean exactly. that 100 percent, man, like people overlook and they look down on the military sometimes. But I mean. That you guys fighting for our country would be shit. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Well, I mean, that's real. That's like from the heart because I don't get when people can go against the military. Like I don't just don't understand, you know, what kind of people do that. But anyway, that's a that's for an, a, another topic for another day. Check out this. They gave me this uh, this sword here for my, and and I got it. And I was like, wow, this is super fucking cool. Like this is like a cool ass gift on my way out the door. I didn't really know what it meant. But the 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 symbolism here is when a gladiator was freed from being a gladiator slave and he is now free, they would present him with this Rubus sword that he could take out the door because now he's a free man. So I don't know if they were trying to say, like, good, uh, you know, good luck. You're a free man now. Or were they calling me a slave for the last year and a half? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and this cool ass cup too. Thanks, thanks, Larry. My uh, training NCO is in the comments right now. Hey, let's hit a couple of these comments real quick. I don't know how many people have asked about Shady Grady right now, but I have to go back <laughs> in these damn comments. Mister Feldman, Dave, are we going to see Shady Grady back in a squared circle, or when when the mushing of the face happened was the last time we see Shady? Um, <laughs> not a hundred percent sure, but you know. Not because I had to jump in the ring, but I just look, man, like I'm, I'm just tired of the stupid antics, the, you know, doing shit you're not supposed to do. Like, I'm just getting tired of it, to be honest with you. I want the fans to get what they're supposed to get, which is badass fights. And, yeah, we want the promotion. We want to do, the, you know, the things that some of these guys do to promote themselves. That's OK. But, you know, when you're when you're hitting someone after the bell, you're hitting them low, you're headbutting them. It's just you're not there to fight. Like, if you're there to fight, then fight. And if you're not, then you're going to have a short career with us. And, you know, I don't know. We're going to revisit it. But, you know, we'll see what happens with that. It could add know. to the naysayers there. When they when they, when they they right. scan for everything, they go, oh, look at what your people do when they fight, you know? 100%, man. And look, when you're trying all... to bust into new states, like, that, right. can't, that can't be a good chip to have on the table no, and actually one of the new states was commissioned was there at that event and i keep walked over to them i apologize blah 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 blah, and they were like you got nothing to apologize for man you regulated shit and i was like okay, <laughs> yeah. thank you but i was just like Cause i don't want that shit to happen man like i don't i i mean you know 
like Ty Emery flashed, right? And yeah. It went viral and it worked, but it's not something that was predetermined and it's not something I ever want to see again, ever. Right, right, right. It worked then. It's not, if you do it again, it's like, oh, what are they fucking trying to do now, right? Like, I just want to be known for the fighting and yes, there's going to be antics that happen and people are going to talk about them and it's going to help get more people to talk about that wouldn't have. But when it becomes all kinds of just bullshit, they, they stop worrying about why we're really here for the fighting, right? I mean, this is, you have to admit, this is probably the baddest combat sport on the planet. Like, not, not just a promotion, but I mean, there's nothing more exciting. There's nothing more fast-paced. You know, it can end at any single time. It's unbelievable. And to take away from it, you know, it's a shame. We were talking about before the show, when we first started the podcast, Kyle was kind of doing it himself. And then I would come on as a guest because we've been friends. We got deployed together in 2012 and been friends ever since. Everything we covered, 90% or 95% was MMA. When we went to that Knuckle Mania one and we heard, like you said, that fist hitting somebody in person right next to the ring, it blew our mind. And then just every fight, uh, the Taylor Starling fight was that night. It was just, it's absolutely insane. And we fell in love with it. Now, 99% of what we cover is bare knuckle. We just kind of, we just fell in love with it. So it, I feel like everybody who watches it will fall in love. And like, you've built an amazing roster of homegrown superstars. You know, Lorenzo Hunt, Christine Faria, Britton Beltran, uh, Palomino got big here, even though he was from uh, World Series of Fighting and he had some fights, but he's he's now the man. He's known as a bare knuckle champ champ, you know, Johnny Bedford, Reggie Barnett. I mean, does that what kind of feeling does that give you to know that like these people are growing in something that you've built? That's why December 3rd was so special to me. It was really unbelievable that the people there was a line to get in and there were no seats left. It was actually like we, we were updating the ticket map. We do it at, at ringside all the time. And I was like, bang, no seats left. Holy shit, this is unbelievable because it was homegrown, man. It was the guys that we started, you know, we're building. The, and to know that the sport itself is something that people are watching now, not just an, in, in a particular guy, but they're watching guys that are coming up in the sport now. And look, man, Lorenzo Hunt, um, Mike Richmond, uh, Francisco Ritchie, you know, Hector yep. Lombard even that, that had a hell of a career and, and did what he did with us. Um, Dave you Mundell. Know, you know, Adams, Joey Beltran, man. Like Joey Beltran was in some wars for us, man. Taking my hat off to oh, him yeah. so much, man. You know, he did a, a Britain Beltran, spit her tooth out, like choked on her tooth almost. Christine Faria, just an animal. I mean, all these guys and girls that came up to help make this what it is. And that's why I want to do things that I can change the game for them. And by bringing in these bigger names and having more and more people watch, watch the fights and to do these partnerships we're going to do with some of these crypto companies and be able to give them some crypto to be able to fall back on and cash out and make some extra money on, help, help them with sponsorships, help them with everything we're doing. You know, that's, that's what it's about. Like at the end of the day, it's like, you know, we were talking, I never got to finish the story, but it's like, how much money can you have? Like when I told you about the valuation, right? Like if I cash out and they give me, I don't know, 50 million, let's just say, or they give me 30 fucking million. Does it matter? Like, does it fucking matter if I can help these guys out with the, with the different part of it? You know what I mean? Like who needs that kind of money? Nobody. 
right? So if you can do something to help people out to change their lives, that's what's so important to me. Look, I want to be as successful as the next guy. I want to have the nice things in life. I want my family to, because I never did growing up. I never had anything. Just so everybody knows, in case some of these people think like someone handed me this thing, like I had nothing, like literally six years ago, six years ago, November, I drove, I, I had, I got diagnosed with cancer for the second time. I was, I was having some problems at home. I got sued for my um, MMA business on, on a federal antitrust lawsuit by some jerk off scumbag that just tried to sue me, stop my business in its track. I was doing 50 shows a year. I was dead broke, $282 to my name. I drove to the Commodore Barry Bridge in, right outside of Philadelphia. I got out of my car and I was going to jump out of off the bridge man i was like i was at i was at wit's end man i i was like i was crying man i was like this is it you know how much shit can i take and that's when i say like you know mental you know mental health i didn't have a, i wouldn't have mental health issues i had a mental health moment there but it's real like i literally was i don't know 30 seconds from killing myself man and I thought about like everybody that helped me get there and my family and, you know, and I jumped back in the car and I made a video to myself that I watch it probably, I don't know, once every other week now. So I'll never be in this position again. I'll never be this low in my life again. And I'm going to be the most, you know, the biggest success I can ever be. And, you know, all this shit, I'm never going to stop. And from that day on, I never stopped, never stopped. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they want to say about me. I don't care how hard they want to push me. I'll stop doing and driving as hard as I am when I'm dead. And that's it. Wow. They're not going to stop me. I'm going to build this thing as big as it can be. But people don't understand that, you know, the that, that part of their journey. Like, you know, how much of a toll it takes on you, man. It's real. It's they real. They just see you in a suit right. sitting on the side of the ring talking on TV. And they're like, hey, look, that's where he showed up. You weren't born. You just showed up yeah. next to that ring in that suit. You know, that's it. That's all people know. So, yeah, I mean, look, I don't want people to think that the company isn't financially secure because we're in a very good spot now. But there's, you know, right before Knucklemania 1, you know, straight up right before Knucklemania 1, 10 days before my investor pulled out on me. It was the most expensive show I've ever done, man. I, I mortgaged everything I had, my house, my percentages everything i had borrowed every dime i had because i bet on myself again and we won man it was the most money we ever brought into an event and we won but i put every single thing up nobody knew like literally i mean junior has video like i'm banging shit i'm throwing desks everything's gonna cross the fucking office because i'm like do you understand we're about to fucking die motherfuckers we're gonna die and Wow. I fucking mortgage everything. I mean, every penny I fucking had went into that event. My life wow. was on the fucking line and it succeeded. And they don't see that part of it. They see like, oh, the jerk off that was going to take half the purse from the guy. Yeah, listen, did I want to take half the purse? Did I really want to? Fuck no, man. But at the end of the day is when I told the guy three times, stop fucking running because these fans paid to see you fight. And I did something knee-jerk reaction, something stupid. They want to say the guy's a jerk-off. They don't know what goes on every day, man. This is real shit every day. Just, you know, hunting and hunting and hunting, trying to find the money, trying to find everything to do the next show to, to hire. Listen, we're short-staffed. We need another 10 guys to hire. 
But we got to find the money to do it. And we're doing it. We're finding it every day. We're finding different things every day. And we're building this thing every day. But nobody sees the real shit. We say all the time in the office, if we had cameras in this office, we wouldn't have to do paranormal fights. <laughs> Multi-millionaires that you don't understand. like, And they don't understand. And at the end of the day, that's the good thing. Because you know what? The fans, the media, they're all supposed to see the nice, shiny apple. Right. They're supposed to see that. Right. They're not supposed to see that the fucking apple tree fell down three times while it was growing the apple. They're not supposed to see that. So they don't see it. And I don't talk about it much, but I figured since you guys want to know a little bit. Yeah. You know, that's that's like, amazing. And, and and thank God you walked away from that bridge. Thank God you put your money on yourself because it's it's paying off tenfold now. Um, you know what you remind me of when you were telling me telling us that story? You ever see that poster of like an iceberg where like the beautiful mountaintop is like sticking out of the top of the water. And then there's that gigantic fucking thing underneath the ocean. And that's where all the fucking shit that nobody sees behind, you know, behind the curtain. That's what, that's exactly what it is. It's resilience. It's perseverance. We learn that shit all the time in the military. We drive that into our soldiers and, you know, in a way it's the same way. You're, you're, you're like, you're leading. I I, I credit this, this part of my being a hundred percent to my mother, man. I mean, my dad kicked our ass into shape, but, but my mom, man, like imagine wanting to kill yourself and, you know, never, never given up, like beat to beat to almost near death, really beat to near death. Um, can't move your arms or legs and you find a you find a way, man, you paint a picture, a beautiful picture too. I'll shot sentence to you guys tomorrow, yeah, man, definitely. a beautiful picture of these beautiful roses that she made for everyone with her mouth man. like that's not you know how the fuck are you gonna tell me i can't promote a fucking show or i'm not gonna do this like who gives you shit right like at the end of the day does it really matter no nothing matters man you know these people dying these people committing suicide man and it's awful because nothing's worth it right nothing's it happens it's happening way too often suicide has almost become like a normal thing in this country and it's it's super fucking sad we see it all the time Mm -hmm. with you know as in the leadership positions that we're in in the in the military it happens a lot more than people would ever imagine like and people see commercials and posters and whatever but those posters and those commercials are are for a reason the shit is actually happening and there's hotlines out there there's the 988 hotline now the suicide hotline they made it very easy for anybody to call just dial 988 yep. and it's 24 hours a day anybody needs help that's there and you could just you know drive through be resilient drive through always bet on yourself and you're the fucking poster boy for that now uh this year was your biggest year 2022 you're bigger than ever you talked about Triller. You talked about the amount of uh, events you guys put on this year. Sellouts all over the place. We went to Denver. We went to Albuquerque. Um, when are we going to get in New England? You're talking um, to a couple New England boys here. We're, we're talking. Uh, we're talking we're Boston. Talking, <laughs> we're, we're talking to um, one of the major casinos up there right now. That's tribal. That hopefully that gets done here in the in the next two months. And we're also talking to uh, two different states up there. So it's my goal. I mean, I, I'd love to be in Pennsylvania where I'm from. It's yeah. probably not going to happen for a little bit, but we'll be in New England 100% this year. 100%. Guaranteed 100% we'll be in New England. Man. That's um, music to our ears for sure. Yeah. That's right up the road. Mohegan right Foxwoods right there. 
yeah if, so, if it's one if it one if it's one of those two we're like within minutes of them so yeah. understand awesome uh, people yeah. around here are really becoming fans of the sport like mike and i tell it to whoever will listen we push it <laughs> we push it we push it they probably get annoyed by us but we don't give a shit uh we push it we That's talk it. about we're talking yeah. about new states with you we're talking about new england we're talking about pennsylvania but you went to thailand in the uk this year uh, we're hearing BKFC Latin America is coming up. Um, do you want to talk about that for a second? Is there anything already I mean, like, in the not, works? It's we're, we're working on it right now. I mean, we're definitely going to do a show probably by May or June. And then we'll, um, the goal is really to do a show every month in Latin America, um, whether it be um, in Mexico, uh, Central America, South America. But to do one show a month in Latin America come uh, mid-2023, that's a big part of the plans this year because we have a lot a, a ton of latinos that want to get on board um we're looking to go north of the border too as well canada this year um we we already opened up one province but we're we're working on a couple more right now you know we can only grow as fast as um as fast as our uh finances are going to allow us to grow mm -hmm. well, i wish we could grow faster and do more shows but at the end of the day is you know we're going to get there um i i truly believe that um we have the best team in combat sports. I think we have a team that has each other's back. Like you don't see that a lot. Like you see this guy talking about that guy and that guy talking about that guy. And yeah, some guys butt heads once in a while, but at the end of the day is we all want a great show. We all want, we all like pat each other on the back at the end of the show. Um, anyone we bring in such as you guys or had to be stand up individuals or they're out, man. Like I don't fuck around meaning like, you're some jerk off that wants to talk shit on people and do this and do that and do something stupid. You're dumb. And you're, I don't want to play games anymore with the fighters. Like I tell them what they're going to make. And then if they come try to jerk me off, I, I don't, I don't play games. Like I'm fair. I do everything I can do for everybody. And, but, but the end of the day is, man, we got a tight niche, really, really close team yeah. that, you know, really likes each other and has each other's back. And I think that's why we grow the way we grow because it's kind of like, you know, we got this wall up now that we're pushing it forward, man. Yeah. There is a community that has grown from the sport behind the scenes that people don't really see, but they could see all the people when they watch the events, but just know like these people they're together day in and day out. Like anytime we go into an event and we show up to the hotel, you know, there's people everywhere, the fighters and Brian and Rob and Dave jr. And, you know, everybody's around Sean Wheelock. They're just talking and going out and eating lunch together and hanging out. What are you doing later? And you want to go to breakfast tomorrow morning, Kevin Smith and Ryan Perez, you know, it's everyone is always together trying yeah. to, you know, hang out and talk and just, they're so, pa everyone's passionate about the sport and building it. And there's this camaraderie that just, it's, I've never seen it before. I mean, we're, we're fairly new. We haven't, we've been, we've gone to tons of MMA, uh events we've been to boxing and muay thai but we don't we've never been in it but this this group is just it's very tight and uh you can feel how into this sport and dedicated that everybody is when they're there and they're talking about it it's like a constant from thursday if we come in on thursday morning and leave on sunday morning like it's a non-stop bare knuckle affair it's never mm -hmm. ending you know it so it, it's it's a sight to be seen. If any if anyone can go to an event, you can feel it. I've heard it from fans, people that are in the comments right now. Everybody's so welcoming 
when fans come in, if they want to talk to a fighter, if they want to talk to someone like yourself, like everybody always stops and says hi. They always take pictures, give autographs. There's never like a, a moment where you feel like, ah, get out of here. You know, we don't have time for you. It, it's it's a very personable. Absolutely. Nobody nobody does it more. What what Mike is saying about <laughs> Lorenzo Hunt is the fucking poster boy for that. Yeah. That dude, it, when you go to an event, go to an event that Lorenzo Hunt is not on the card, and you will see more of Lorenzo Hunt than anybody on the goddamn card. The guy's in the crowd. He's in the lobby. He's at the merchandise table. He's raising money for suicide awareness for veterans. He's selling shit. He's taking pictures. Like, that dude's everywhere. No, he is. He's he's great, man. Like I said, most of them are great because we don't really want them around if they're not. And, you know, we have ways of not having them around so long if, if we don't want them. I mean, we want to grow. We want, you know, the best people in the world, not just the best fighters, but the best people in the world representing this organization and the, and people that stand for things, you know. It's not just coming in here. We got we got Ben Roswell, who's a big star in the UFC, and he's he wants to be a mascot for us. Like, he's like the best dude in the world. Like, we got – once they get here, they know they either have to fit in or, or you know, they're not they're not with us anymore. But man, um, you know, it's been a phenomenal 2022. It's been a phenomenal four and a half year ride. Um, we're just getting started. We're really, truly just getting started. Um, and we're starting to be able to enjoy some of the fruits of our labor now and, you know, bring in more people and enjoy these fights and enjoy these different moments that are happening for us. Like the 50th event moment was big for us. Um, but it's going to be a, it's going to be a tremendous 2023, um, you know, 36 to 50 shows, you know, who knows how many it's going to end up being. Um, this funding comes in in January. It's game over for us. We're going to be in the market for every single free agent, you know, that pops and BKFC is going to, it's going to go through the roof man. and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm never been more confident of the sport of bare knuckle. And I've especially have never been more confident, confident of our, the company of, of bare knuckle fighting championship. I think we're in a prime position to take, the number two position in combat sports. It's crazy that you just said 36 to 50 events in 2023 is a possibility. It took five years to get to 50 in, in a year. You could possibly at this time next year, be talking about your 100th event. That is just bananas to even think about it like that. Right. That yeah. must really hit home for you. It actually just gave me the chills, man. It's crazy. But at the end of the day is man, you know, like like I said, man, anybody out there that's, that's listening that really wants to do something in life, man, I'm not saying that you can do anything you want in life, but if you have a goal, a vision that you won't let anybody tell you that it won't work, it can work, man. I, I proved it. I mean, you don't understand, like, nobody in my life, and even part of my team now, nobody wanted to hear about it anymore. They were like, look, stop talking about it. Get it legal, and then we'll talk about it. We don't want to talk about it anymore. Don't talk about it. I must have come home to my wife 10 times and be like, we're going to do a bare knuckle show in a couple of months. Okay, yeah. Like, okay, I don't want to hear about it anymore. Even Junior, he's like, you know, look, yeah, it's great. It's never going to happen. And it happened. Wow. It happened, and here we are. Listen, man, we're, we're, we're vying for the number one free agent in all of combat sports right now. I mean, yep. who the fuck thought we would be there? Four and a half years later, we're going after the number one free agent in combat sports. And 
word for word verbatim was, you know, their response was, thank you for coming correct with an offer. That was, a, wow. that was an offer. So I feel like that's a good response. Let's see, you know, we'll see what happens, but I mean, we're, we're going to continue, you know, grinding the way we grind. Um, I'm going to have to jump in a second. If you guys have anything else, you know, in closing, you want to talk about, let's do it. But uh, first of all, thank you for your coverage. Thanks for your service to the country, sure. to us, but thanks for your coverage for bare knuckle, even before you got on. And now that you're with us, thanks for all you guys do, because you guys are great advocates for this, for this company and the sport. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for the opportunity. Mike, go ahead. I, well, we have a quick speed round. I don't know. Do you have to get off in like five? You have like five minutes or five minutes. Yep. All right. Let's just jump into the speed round real quick and just get that going because it's going to be a little fun mix. Five quick questions. questions, And then uh, we'll get you out of here. Sounds good. Five quick questions. You are five years into your life of uh, BKFC. Who is on the Mount Rushmore right now of BKFC? According to the boss. Four names. Artem, Artem Lobov. Um, Paige Van Zandt has to be on there. Joey Beltron. Lorenzo Hunt. Boom. There it is. Two quick. They all they all impacted the growth of the company. I would imagine yeah. that's the reason why they're on there. Number two. Who would play David Feldman in a movie about your life? Um, I mean, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's actually something that's been talked about a little bit now. Um, we're actually working on this reality series. Hopefully this pops in the next couple of months on, and we get the production on it. Um, I don't know, man. You know who, you know, I, I just saw you ever watch, um, war. Nah, what the hell was the kingdom? The yeah. dude that, kingdom. Yeah. The guy that played Alvy in kingdom would be Love Alvy. Um, yeah. Frank Rillo. Frank yes. Rillo. Yeah. We talk all the time now. Frank Rillo. He's, no a, way. he's a huge fan of BKFC. Wow, that's oh, cool. man! He, I yeah. would love to meet. I like to see him at an event. That that'd be cool because I think that's one of the greatest shows that was ever made for TV. Yeah. Uh, I I think uh, Scott Farley said uh, Mark Wahlberg. So <laughs> take that one. Yeah. There you go. There you go. All right, number three. If you could fight anyone inside the square circle right now, who are you towing the line with? I don't really have any enemies, man. I mean, I got a lot of guys that don't like me, but I don't really have anybody that I don't like. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, why not see if Dana White would want to toe the line? Ooh. After he lost all that muscle mass, I don't think he wants none. <laughs> um, actually, um, who was I just thinking about? The other day I was thinking about somebody. I can't remember who it was. Oh, Ken Shamrock. I'd love to toe the line with Ken Shamrock. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be cool. That's a That's a good one. All right, number four. Growing up, what athletes did you look up to the most? I mean, I loved um, I loved Dr. J. He was a Philly guy. He, he was awesome. But I, w- I was in the fighting. So Muhammad Ali, Smoking Joe Frazier, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, they were the guys, Sugar Ray Leonard, the guys that I really looked up to that I wanted to emulate. And even that fictional character that you have a statue of in your in your city, right? Rocky yeah, Balboa. I mean, Rocky, I mean, that was the best. Rocky, I love, I love Stallone. The only movie my father ever took us to, and he didn't know that it was that kind of movie. We were ten and eleven. He took us to Raging Bull. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) crazy movie! Yeah, Uh, great movie, great movie. I watched it on a plane ride to one of the events like six months ago. To be honest with you, last question for you, and then we'll let you get out of here. 
Do you think in a Mike and Mish versus Dave and Dave Feldman Cranston basketball game, you guys would come out the victor- victors? Come out victorious? 100% we would. Oh, I think we're going to have to do this at some <laughs> point. <laughs> I won't I, let you win. I just want a rough house. I'm telling you. All right. <laughs> we'll have fun with it. Yes, All right, definitely. there we go. I think you no, know, we we asked that question because we when we were out in Denver, I think you guys were breaking each other's balls about a one on one basketball game, and yep. me and him were walking away. We were like, "Man, we should have seen if they wanted to play some two on two real quick." <laughs> that would have been great. That would have been yeah. Great. All right, awesome Absolutely. guys, man. Thanks so much for having me, man. A happy New Year to you guys. I wish you guys the happy best New in the year, and uh, I'm going to see you soon. Yeah, right. we'll see you in Myrtle Beach. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for being the 200th guest, and uh, we will see you soon. Thank awesome. you very much. Mike, anything? Nah, thank you for everything that you guys have done for us, allowing us to be on your platform, and thank you for the awesome sport that we cover and will continue to cover. We love it. Awesome, guys. Take care. All right. All Have right. a good night. Happy New Year. Yeah, you too. Bye. There he is. There's the guy, man. The guy that brought legalized bare knuckle to the United States for the first time, I think, since like 1889, I think the numbers. Um, yeah, it was a long time ago. Long, it's got to be at least over 10 years. You know, that was a long time ago. Yeah, man. I, I Listen, guys, if we miss things in the comments, we were just busy with the show and like i trust me i wish he didn't have to leave because i would have asked him if dad's fighting reggie barnett next right with them who is that main event in virginia in march is it reggie barnett and dat win mm-hmm. yeah so the thing is is that hey guess what we'll ask him to come on again probably more yeah. often now than we did before but we'll he'll come on again and we'll talk some more, you know, maybe in a couple of months we'll bring him on and we'll see him at the events too. And we'll get a little bit of questions in there. So yeah, it was, uh, this was an episode that, uh, we looked forward to doing for a long time, but like Kyle said earlier, it became a thing where we didn't have him on. So then it was like, well, now we got to wait till a really good time to put him on. We can't just throw him in somewhere just randomly. We have to get a good conversation, learn about who he is as a person behind bare knuckle before bare knuckle so uh, you know i enjoy that for me when i listen to podcasts and stuff and when we do this i like to know about the person because i already know what they do every day we see them what they do and who they know and what's going on in their life because they're in the spotlight but we don't know what they did before and and the shit he talked about tonight i don't know if a lot of people knew about that stuff about the you know, the lowest of the low that he got to where he pulled no. up on that bridge and thought about taking his own life and the story with his mother and his father. And yeah, I mean, what a what a life this dude's had. And the fact that he pushed all the chips in on himself, he got back in his car and he fucking drove forward. And like like he talked about, he lost that investor before BK, uh, BK, uh, Knucklemania one. one. Yeah. You wouldn't have known that if like. That's all behind that is the behind the scenes shit that we don't know because we went to that event and that event went without a hitch, man. You wouldn't know that they were struggling with anything right leading up to it. It fucking was so well produced. The fights were incredible, the post fights were incredible. Um, it was great. Yeah, and the cancer t- dude, he had can he had yeah, fight cancer you know that. t- like that's all that, you know that all that shit, dude. Keep no, going. All that shit that we just learned about him made that 
who's going to play you in your life movie question even more because now i want to see the damn movie i know i'm (laughs) thinking when he's saying that stuff i'm thinking about like what would steph be doing when i'm you know putting it all on the line at this point we've got no money do you can you imagine the amount of stress that that on the family but coming back at you at the same time because you're like well i'm trying to do this you know believe me trust me and they're like you're you're throwing away everything we have here. Like, are you insane right now? I'm out of here. You know, uh, you know, I, I can't Shit. imagine the people in his life there probably was a, uh, I'm done with you, uh, speech, you know, the, the like, one, uh, an argument, like we're done. The ones that stuck with him truly believed in him. And I mean, that's, that's, that's what it comes down to. It was nuts, man. And, uh, yeah, man, I feel like it could have been a three hour show. Because we oh, could yeah. we could ask, oh, we forgot to ask about Diego Sanchez. We forgot to ask about a bunch of shit. <laughs> well, there's well, so we'll, many we'll, questions. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get them we'll, back on. We we'll get it. And uh, guys, this is not the last show of the year, by the way. We just picked one up. We're going to be doing a quick, uh, maybe half an hour tomorrow night. Yep, with a with uh, with a with a good buddy of ours, the co-host of a new game show that's going to be coming on, called Fight Game. Uh, yep. Pro athletes versus celebrities playing trivia with uh, our buddy Joe Miggs, who's going to be hosting that show with uh, Catalina Hager. Uh, we met her down in Orlando. She yep. is professional wrestling star Jake Hager's wife, yep. model, personality, and, and Joe and her. She's up in the air because she's traveling from Cincinnati or chicago or something she's traveling tomorrow and uh the plan is to have them both on they're gonna give us a thorough preview of what's going on with the fight game which is premiering on january 1st so mike bonus episode to end the year what do you think of that bonus little fun with our friend joe you know he's always helping us we're helping him this is what we do um i'm looking forward to it it was kind of just a little surprise thing uh you know his fight is gonna fight game will be like you said new year's day and a little promoting got to do a little promoting and and catch up with them because we haven't talked to them for a while so i'm looking forward to it tomorrow at nine tomorrow at nine guys so tune in tomorrow night and uh just to uh recap the first few events of next year since we're probably not going to talk too much about upcoming events right um guys january we got Gogo versus Cedeno, man, to start us all off, Myrtle Beach. Then we're going to Albuquerque, New Mexico, mm-hmm. February 17th. And right now, right now, there's a pre-sale that says 48 starts now, actually started like, I think, 10 hours ago. So there's still another 14 hours or 13 hours left to go and enter access code MANIA. And you can pre-order uh, tickets, pre-sale for knuckle mania three so go get them things before they hit the streets right and and guys it's not in the same venue as it was it's not at the rio rancho center this year uh this time yeah but i'll tell you right now it doesn't matter where it is in albuquerque that is a fight town the energy in the building that night was like insane insane the live events are insane so if you can get if you're in that part of the country and you can get to Albuquerque, get there because I'm sure I'm sure Lorenzo Hunt and Mike Mike Richmond are going to be joined by three or four other blockbuster fighter uh, fights yep. on I top of like a card of about 15 fights. You know, I would expect to see Mike Perry. Um, 
Perry, probably about Dodson, the Dodson brothers. I would probably expect to see them on the card. Um, and we already kind of know about a fight where you were just talking about Diego Sanchez and Trout. You know, like that's been out there. It hasn't been officially released, but he's talked about it online. Yeah, it's been out there, but it hasn't been officially signed. So, Also, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I know that Big Ben Rothwell has been begging for a fight. I wouldn't be surprised if they throw him on that card. They just blow that thing yeah. out the out the freaking stratosphere. Uh, get to Maybe that Maria, one. I don't know. Maybe Faria. She went. She liked training out there, man. She looked amazing the last time. Then after that event, we got boom. Arnold Adams and Alan Belcher in New Orleans during Mardi Gras, guys. Jesus, can you imagine? Go down there, get to see some bare knuckle, uh, scrappy scraps, and then uh, hit Bourbon Street up, man. See some yeah, boobies. Get, yeah. get some beads and see some hoo hoos. Yeah, boobies and bears <laughs> and beads. Boobies, bears, and beads. Bare beads knuckles. Bare knuckles, bare boobs, and beers. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then, um, Mike, we talked about it briefly. There you go. March 24th, Norfolk, Virginia. Yep. But he mentioned tonight on the show, look for a March 17th St. Patty's Day uh, event as well, a week before that. So, yep. dude, what shitload of events coming up. I cannot wait for 2023. It's going to be incredible. What about this one? Did we oh, already say that? I forgot yeah, all about 37 that. Saturday, March 4th, London, England. This came out on their <gasps> website. I think today that's when I saw it this morning. And then after that, we've got this one. Yeah. I wonder if this one is still on, on the docket. If, if they're talking London, March 4th, it's wild. If they're talking London, March 4th, Virginia March 24th and he's talking about a March 17th card. I'm imagining that Bukow Sanchai card is up in the air for the date right now. I'm just yeah. getting. I'm just getting, I mean how much shit can you pass, possibly pack into one month, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. It's a lot of stuff. With it's all that shit, dude, with all that shit, they're looking at like UFC type numbers, man. Like you know what? There's the sky's the limit, as Biggie Smalls once said. Sky is the yep. limit. And uh man, thank you guys for coming out tonight. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I apologize, like I said, if we didn't get to any of the questions, but we're gonna have Dave back on one another day yep. and we'll hit him up with everything else that everyone wants to know. What do you say, Mike? Well, I will say thank you all for watching the show tonight. It means a lot to us. Make sure to like and subscribe, share, tell all your friends about our show. Support Guerrilla Warfare. Go on there. Use the promo code Mike and Mish to save 15%. Everything you guys get when you put in that promo code shows that it's for us and we can keep the sponsorship going. We love Guerrilla Warfare. Um, they've been great to us. Like, seriously, awesome. And we want to continue that relationship way into the future and grow together with them. So thank you. We will also, see you all hey, tomorrow. And, uh, yes. and, and our other main sponsor, Norcom Mortgage. Yes, sir. Mike, who happens to be my cousin, is the man you need to talk to about loans, mortgage loans, or whatever. And Mike is licensed. He's, he's a main sponsor for us. Because he's sponsored in 38 states in the United States. He can help anyone in 38 out of the 50 states. Yes, Do not hesitate to hit him up. 
his information's in that commercial at the beginning of the thing, and I'll post it to our page. I need to let you know. Even if you have a question about anything, it doesn't matter what it is. If you have a question about buying a house, call him up and ask it. He'll answer yeah. you. So, And if you have problems with your credit, he can help you fix that shit too. With that said, guys, we will see you tomorrow night, 9 p.m., when we got the two co-hosts of Fight Game on with us. With that said, Mike, peace. Peace. <laughs>